I just saw Jesus walk in and I saw him inhabit us. I saw there was a, a habitation. He actually, I just saw him stepping into people. And I felt uh, that I'm going to go ahead and prophesy because it kind of seems to be the thing to do. So um, uh, Anne-Marie actually had a great word this morning. She said she saw clocks and everybody had a clock and all of the clocks, God was lining, aligning all of the clocks and all of the clocks were being lined up to the same time. And so God, what he was doing, he was adjusting everyone and getting them on his timing this morning. And, um, and uh, don't you know um, that the time is now, right, Rob Hatch? The time is now for the sons of God to be seen in the earth. And um, we are living in some really exciting times. And I believe that um, as he is transitioning us into the place that he really desires us to be, which is, is in his place, um, I think things are going to really begin to gear up in the earth. Um, you know, um, something that the Lord told me this morning, um, he also woke me up really early, and he said um, the same thing that he told to Peter. He said, be careful about not about what you hear, but about how you hear. Be careful not about what you see, but how you see. Um, let our eyes and our ears, God, be, draw in your word and not say, oh, I've heard that before or I've, I've grown weary in the waiting and so I just don't even believe anymore. And so um, I felt like that was really a word from the Lord. But I just, I just really felt, whew. Let's do this. I want you all to get out your watches, and I want you to get out your cell phones, and let's just hold those up. Can we? Can we just hold those up? Let's just give the Lord permission to invade our lives and to set us on his time. And so right now, God, I just do, I just ask for everyone here, would you just release the timing of the Lord? God, would you, would you um, set all of us on your time? I just hear the Lord saying, what if I am not preparing a plan for my people, but I'm preparing a people for my plan? And my plan is now, and I'm shifting you into and aligning you with heaven and the timing of heaven. And so, Father, we do, we just receive that time, and we give you permission have your way in us, God. I ask, God, that you would prepare us as a people that will know your visitation and your habitation when it comes, God, and we will make room for what you want to do and not continue business as usual. I saw the, okay, thank you. I saw the Trinity overflowing its banks this morning, and, the, I, and Jesus said, as I was, so I will be, and I am becoming really big, and I'm overflowing the banks of, that my people have put me in the box and the, 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 uh, the, where they put boundaries on me, and I'm overflowing those banks, and I will have a people that are fully inhabited with my presence, 
And I saw Jesus and where his legs were, my legs were, and where his arms were, my arms were. And when he stepped on the inside of me, his head was in my head. His heart was in my heart. And there was no separation between where my skin was and his body was. That he fully became big on the inside of me. And so, God, I just thank you for that, God. And I thank you that you're stepping and you're fully inhabiting your people and you're overflowing the banks, God, that we have no control over this. But, God, it's you, it's you, it's you. And the violence of the of the wind and the waves and the water that you have been bringing to this state, God, you are saying, I'm overflowing the banks and I'm coming into your houses. And it's a little inconvenient, but I'll tell you that it's going to be worth it in Jesus' name. So I've been doing this uh, series uh, called The Lifestyle of Heaven. And um, the first two, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but I really encourage you to listen to it because I really feel like it's it's going to be a prophetic summer. It's not going to be like, oh, hey, let's teach line upon line. I got an idea. Let's just shoot arrows out of heaven and see who it lands on, okay? Uh, Bill Johnson just said, if everyone in Dallas was born again, we'd still have problems. As devoted as I am to seeing everyone born again, the issue is how we're going to live once we're devoted to Christ. Are we going to live according to the lifestyle of heaven or according to the earth? I think he's been reading my notes, you know. That guy's following me and (laughs) Facebooking me. It's just so annoying. Lord, thank you for your glory. Just go ahead and spread it around. Let's all just, let's all just, just shake us all. We like that. So the purpose of this summer's teaching is really, God told me, he said, you know, it's good to hear from heaven, but you have what it takes to prepare a people for my visitation. It's good to prophesy, but it's also good to say, God, We know what you're saying, but how do we prepare ourselves for that truth? And how do we prepare ourselves so that we are a people ready for it? Because the transition is is taking us from a lifestyle of living in the earth to a lifestyle of living out of heaven. And quite frankly, a lot of us have been um, kind of straddling that fence. And don't you know when you straddle a fence, (laughs) that can get uncomfortable. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so the Lord said in Haggai, can you put that up? Okay, we're going to read this together, all right? Everybody, reading the Bible this morning. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with my glory, said the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, said the Lord of hosts. Now, you may want to ask yourself, okay, why does he keep saying the Lord of hosts? That's the Lord of armies. He is getting busy, isn't he? 
He's the Lord of the armies. He's going to send out the angelic hosts that are going to be warring on your behalf. And so I've really felt prophetically all of the violence in the heavens that we've been experiencing has been the clashing of arms because the Lord of armies is about to shake everything that can be shaken so that we will come to the desire of all nations And he said, the silver and the gold is mine. He's actually talking about you, but he's also talking about the money. He's also talking about the gold. And I don't know if you knew this, but just this week, the Texas legislature signed a or or, or made a law and a bill that is going to Greg Abbott's desk this next week. And what it is, is they have um, put together a treasury. What is it called, Emory? A depository, a gold depository in Texas. So therefore, all of the gold that's in New York that belongs to Texas is going to be brought back to Texas. And they said something happened that they didn't expect. They started getting calls from all over the world of people saying, we want to keep our gold in the Texas depository because we know that if we put it there, no one can steal it. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of a reputation when you say thing. <laughs> so this is what he's been saying to me. He said, you know what? The gold is mine and the glory will be on my people. So he's about to pour out greater works, greater glory, greater gold. Isn't that good news? All right. So the topics that we are going to cover over the next few weeks today, I'm going to talk about biblical transitions, but I'm also going to be talking about the foundations of heaven. I'm going to be talking about heaven and earth and time and space continuum. What? Uh, You don't want to miss that one. That one's going to be so weird. Anyway, um, but look, I mean, come on. Have you read the book of Revelation, right? Uh, I'm going to talk about the preparation for prosperity Because, you know, there's one thing to talk about the gold and how the gold is coming in because there's a great transfer of wealth that's going to be happening. But it's important that we know what to do with and how to prepare for what's coming. So this transition that's happening right now, in fact, Vince was even talking this week about how he saw just an increase in angelic activity and um, and and uh, uh, shifting. And I I was having lunch with someone this week, and every person that was walking past me they had writing on them I could see everybody like open eyes I could see everybody I was like oh uh, uh, uh," and I'm I'm pastoring I'm I'm ministering to I was actually pastoring (laughs) she's still alive and well praise the Lord um, I was, I was pastoring, uh, one of our missionaries, um, from Honduras. And so I was trying to really focus on her, but it was like all of this information was popping into my head. And so get ready guys, when you go out, it's not going to be business as usual. Your eyes are going to see, um, who people are. Uh, so when you rather live out of heaven than live out of the earth. The word said that Jesus came from heaven, right? And when you got born again, you got born again of heaven. And so heaven lives on the inside of us. David lived from heaven and he slayed a giant. Moses lived from heaven. And what did he do? He delivered Israel from slavery. Joshua, 
He slayed many giants and he took the promised land. Nehemiah lived from heaven. He built the wall. All of these things, Zerubbabel lived from heaven. He rebuilt the temple among the Persians. Nehemiah, what did he do? He built a wall among the Persians. Zerubbabel, I already said that, didn't I? Yes. Noah tapped into heaven and built a boat. All of these things were impossible because what happens is that Heaven has written a story over your life. That book is like a ticker tape. And it's going on in heaven over you all the time. And he said, just, you gotta, you gotta open up. You gotta start looking at what heaven is saying so you can bring heaven down to the earth. And he said, these things on the ticker tape are impossible for you to accomplish in your own strength. So stop trying. Get into heaven, start living out of heaven, and you're going to start to live a life that is miraculous. So each of these people were commissioned in the impossible, and the God of heaven was able to do exceedingly abundantly more than they could hope or imagine. Can you imagine when the word came to them? And he said, hey, no, I want you to build a boat. And by the way, that boat is going to be like the size of the football field. You know, and he's probably thinking to himself, oh, Oh, man, how am I going to do that? And the God of heaven, and then he said, hey, but oh, also I'm going to be filling the boat with every kind of animal and creature on the earth. I would be like, okay, well, I need to get, start a zoo. I need to start a zoo. Okay, let's get a plan. Let's get a plan. And, 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 but, but God said, no, 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 I got this. So the question is, when we access heaven, are we looking to see what the Lord is saying to agree with our plan instead of us agreeing with the Lord's plan? Because I don't know about you, but I've been living in Tracy's plan for a really long time, and I've been praying and begging God to come anoint my plan. God, where's your blessings on my plan? I got a plan. And the Lord said, that's just great, sweetheart. That's a great plan. And I, I love the effort and the, all of that money that you put into that plan. But that was, actually wasn't my plan. So let's get on my plan and you're going to see heaven flow. And all of these things that were so hard before are actually going to be really easy. Because don't you know that his ways are the ways of rest and peace. So a lifestyle of heaven shows you a place greater than where you are. And in the days I've had, the possible will become increasingly impossible, and the impossible will become increasingly probable. The impossible is actually going to be the way that we live. And when I say the days I've had, I'm not talking about years. I'm talking about months. Hallelujah. Come on, give me a shout out. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> oh, the lifestyle of heaven allows you to partner with God and see God partner with you. A lifestyle of heaven will define the goal and lay down the path to see the goal accomplished. So this transition, I want to talk about, the, there are three transitions in the Bible, and the Lord has been very clear about transitions. And in the Old Testament, there are two transitions that happen that where God's people were held captive and they were in slavery. One was with Moses and the other one was with Zerubbabel. Those were the two deliverers that were in the Old Testament that set the captives free. In the New Testament, it was Jesus as our deliverer. And so, but I want to talk about specifically this morning 
out of the book of Exodus, I want to talk about Moses's encounter and how he delivered his people, how he delivered God's people. And, and because there are so many similarities to, to the character and the nature of God and how he did it is how he's going to do it. Don't you know that everything that we see in the Old Testament is actually just a type and a shadow. It's things in the natural that in the New Testament were things in the spirit, right? Amen? Like we were just quoting the scripture from Haggai about the temple and, 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 and the former temple will be greater or the latter temple will be greater than the former. He's not talking about a building. He's talking about a person. And we know that that is an end time scripture because the, the glory never dwelt in Zerubbabel's temple, right? And so he was talking about a people with an explosion of glory. Here's what I believe. I believe in the days to come, people will actually, with their open eyes, will see you shining. They will see such a light on you that they'll be freaked out going, what is going on? Amen. Come on. Woo. All right. So Moses led the exodus from Egypt to the promised land. Um, that was an exodus in the natural, but today, of course, he's leading us from our natural condition to a spiritual condition. Um, it was really interesting because uh, this week, uh, Jeremy was at the house, and we were having coffee, and, um, and he, he went to the refrigerator, and he got out the last of, of some flavored cream. And, and the flavored cream, the name of it was Natural Bliss. And he said he was pouring it out, and he said, you know, I just feel like this is so prophetic because natural bliss, I just emptied it out. I just emptied out that natural joy, that natural living, that natural mind. And he said, I feel like that, that God is throwing it away and that what's, gonna, what's coming is that spiritual bliss, um, just like the prophecy that Debbie gave me. Um, so... What, what, there are four transitions that are going to be happening. We are going to be transitioned from slavery to freedom. Just like Jesus said, I'm setting the captives free, but it's a, it's a freedom of our minds, that our minds are about to be set free. The second transition is from being orphans to son. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The third transition is from earthly living through our natural eyes and letting the things that we see tell us about what the truth is. It's like we see something and we think, oh, well, of course that's the truth. You know, we live in reality, but it's the wrong reality because there's a higher truth that God is speaking over your life and you no longer are going to be led by the natural circumstances that have been presented to you and the giants that are uh, coming against you. Uh, the fourth transition, um, we're being uh uh, moved from labor, laboring under a curse or working under a curse to resting in the Lord and receiving the fullness of his financial blessings. The, the, we are going from, we are going into the days um, of uh, where our souls and our wallets are about to be prospered. And the thing is, is that we look at that and, and as we're heading into the fall, uh, there's a lot of trepidation about the fall. And I, want, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want you to know that, um, that just as it was with the children of Israel, they experienced a lot of shaking, but they also left with all the provision. <laughs> Woo! So I don't know about you, but I would, uh, I choose that. <laughs> 
Ah, that's the best investment you've ever made. You want to shake me a little? Okay, that's cool. Um, All right, so Moses led the children of Israel out of the wilderness when they had been slaves for 400 years. And um, here Moses was the chosen deliverer. His name actually means to draw out. Um, he was drawn or pulled out of water. He, his, so his name means to draw out. And so there's something very significant about that symbolically for us, that, that there is a certain condition that the church is in today. Wouldn't you agree? Powerless, nervous, weak, fearful, um, you know, um, under the burden of the law, gripped with religion. So, so there's a certain condition that the church is in, and God is saying, um, set my people free. I have come, and I'm coming, and I'm about to shake everything that can be shaken. And I want to I wanna, um, talk, I want to just kind of stop and pause right there, and I want to just talk as an aside, because there's a, there's a theory called the Goshen Principle. How many of you have heard about this? Okay. When um, all of the plagues were hitting Egypt, um, it didn't hit this little area where God had his people, which was in the land of Goshen. The Goshen means to draw near, okay? Moses means to draw out, and Goshen means to draw near. And so it was the Psalm 91, those that were hidden under the shadow of his wings, um, were protected from a lot of the plagues that were coming on the land, Um and, and, and it's interesting because God told Moses this. He said, I have heard the cry of my people. See, the thing is, is that what moved God's hand after 400 years of slavery was the intercession and the prayers and the supplication of his people. And there was a great cry on the earth that moved God's hand to deliver them from their condition. And, and God, in his sovereignty and in his wisdom, has released all over the earth the greatest prayer movement that the earth has ever seen. In the past, there have been prayer movements that have started revivals. You know, you've got this prayer movement in Welsh. You've got this prayer movement that's going on in, in South Korea. You know, you, so you've had all of these little pods. But right now, prayer and an increase in a desire to choose God over the world is sweeping the earth. And the cry of God's people are being heard in heaven. Because there's coming the exodus. There's coming another exodus out of the things of the natural and into the things of the spirit because God is saying, I've heard you. And then a lot of the prophetic are saying, oh, there's judgment coming. And God's like, no, there's salvation coming. I'm going to save my people. I've heard the cry of my people, but I have to judge that which has held them captive so that I can release them from their captivity so they can worship me in the wilderness. Amen. God sent Moses with a message to the elders of Israel about their coming freedom. He appointed Aaron. The word said that he appointed Aaron as his prophet to speak what the Lord says to Moses, which I thought was phenomenal. Exodus um, 7, 1, it says, see, I have made you as God. He's speaking to Moses. See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Wow. That just offended all of my sensibilities. I have made you as God. He's saying that you are my mouthpiece. 
Everything that you say will happen. Okay? We need to really be very careful in the days to come about our words, guys. We don't want to kill people. I'm not kidding. All right, so the context, they didn't have the Pentateuch. They didn't have the Torah that, that were, was written by Moses. So, so think about their, their mindset. Here are the children of Israel, 400 years of slavery, you know, heaving and hoving and, and breaking down all that straw. I mean, I don't even know how to make a brick, so I couldn't tell you what that would be like, but I can imagine it. I would see the, uh, the, the straw and go, I'm sorry, you want me to do what? It's straw, you know. So anyway, um, I bet John would know how to make it. Uh, so, so they didn't have that. They didn't have the first five books of the Bible. All they had were the stories that were passed down of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they had the elders of the tribes, right? And that's all they had. So they're this big family crying out, going, man, I'm in so much pain. I would imagine that their cries look like, help. I mean, if you've ever done that when you can't really say anything other than help, help. But see, here was the thing. God was about to perform the ultimate impossible on their behalf. He is about to remove Egypt's two million slavery resource out of Egypt. And we think about this, that, 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 that he didn't want to let them go. Well, Pharaoh didn't want to let them go. Why? Because he built Egypt on their backs. Because they were free labor. Think about two million free. Think about that. You know, it's just, it's just like it was, you know, uh, uh, 100 years ago, 200 years ago with the slaves. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You're building a nation on the backs of slavery. And so, um, and Satan even did this to Jesus, you know, it was about money and power. And and he said, he said, I'm going to tempt you. Listen, I'm going to give you all of this. I'm going to give you all the money and I'm going to give you all the power, right? But the love of money is, is the, is the source of all evil. And so God is pulling them out of a system. It was a, it was a system. It was almost like an operating system. And that's the way we have to think about that. When we think about going from, from the natural mind and the way that we think naturally and the way that we process information, information comes in and it goes through an operating system that the world has taught us how to process that information. So uh, like an operating system in a computer, what does it do? It processes memory. Um, it processes, I don't know, anybody a computer person? It processes like the software, the hardware, right? Um, and so, so all of that goes through the operating system. But the Lord is saying, I've got a, a new operating system that I'm actually going to be giving you, and it's going to go through heaven. Heaven's going to be the operating system. So all of the information that comes in goes through that process, and, and all of the things, all of the memories that you have, all of the communication that you're going to be sending out goes through that grid instead of the grid of the earth. So when, the, when uh, God, what he did is he brought these 10 plagues to Egypt. And they actually, during that time with the first couple of plagues, don't you know that those first couple of plagues really made Pharaoh mad? Right? He was like, okay, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. This is, talk about a controlling spirit. He's like, I'm going to double the workload of the children of Israel. I'm going to break their backs. I am not going to give them straw anymore. They have to go out and get all of their own straw. 
to make the bricks. And the children of Israel begin to complain to Moses and Aaron saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't exactly how I saw this going. You know, I really saw um, God coming in and delivering us and us just walking out, right? Don't you have that picture in your mind of the way God's going to do things? And it involves like no pain. <laughs> yeah, y'all are laughing and you're like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I've got, I've, I've got the, the blueprint and I'm going to try to avoid all pain. But, you know, the thing is, is that even though um, that happened, they withstood that. And as God continued to pour out the plagues on Egypt, now none of them thought to themselves, God is judging us. He did not, no, none of them, it's not written anywhere where any of them thought they were being judged by God. They knew that Egypt was being judged by God. In order to extract them out of the hands of Pharaoh. And I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Peter brought it to my attention that, that we have a double crown horse right now named American Pharaoh, and he's going to the triple crown. And, I mean, this horse is magnificent. And won't it be interesting if the American Pharaoh wins the triple crown? Just saying. So God has raised up this worldwide prayer movement. Because he's creating Goshen's all over the earth. Because when those plagues began to hit, in Exodus 8, it actually says that no flies came into the Goshen area. The other thing is that uh, there was, when there was, this is what I love, there was complete darkness. Now think about that for three days. Like it's pitch dark. But in the land of Goshen, in their dwellings, they had light. That's so crazy. Like, come on, Lord. Okay, I'm going to read to you what he said because he prophesied about this, and this is something that I believe that we can take today and live through. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land, and I will make a difference between my people and your people. Amen? And then he goes on to say, in the plague of darkness, they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days, but all of the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Nothing came near the children of Israel because they lived in a land of Goshen. They lived in the cleft of the rock, and God hid them away. So then when they go to leave, what do they do? All of this pestilence comes on in the last, as we all know, was uh, the initiation of Passover. And after that 10th plague, Pharaoh said, all right, your people can go. Your, your people can go and they can go worship their God. And you can take your livestock with you. And all of the people of God um, Aaron told them, I want you to go around to the Egyptians and I want you to ask them for their silver and gold. And so they did that. And it said that God gave them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians and they poured out all of their silver, their gold and their clothing. And the people, the word said, the, the word is, says that they plundered the Egyptians 
And that word means that they drew out of the Egyptians all of their wealth and God delivered them and set them free so that they could worship God. This is really good news for us because, beloved, when, when everything begins to shake and when we see the seas and the dry land and the heavens, when we see the hurricanes and the volcanoes, when we see the, the eruptions and we see uh, uh, um, uh, this sweeping over the earth, when we see financial calamity, we can have confidence knowing that the exodus is upon us. Amen? And um, this is what the Lord really uh, impressed upon me. He said, you know, when they got to the promised land and they sent the 12 uh, uh, spies in, the elders of all of the tribes, these were not men that were average men. These were men of stature, men who um, understood who they were. They had a great inheritance, you know, the leaders of the tribes. So they're sent in to the promised land. And 10 of them came back and said, no, 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 no. We can't do this. There's, there's giants. What, what, what happened to the promise? What happened to what God said that he was going to give us the promised land? Because we have a tendency when we get delivered and we get saved. Don't you know that my salvation, your salvation came through the hand of God? It was an impossibility for the very, for God to dwell within you other than by supernatural means. And so you got delivered. Yorick, you got delivered through supernatural means. And the thing is, is that you, you it gripped your heart and you got changed from the inside out. And it was a miracle. It was impossible. And so 2 Timothy said this, that he came to save us and to give us a holy calling. So he came to set us free out of slavery and that we have a promised land. And both of those things come through the impossibility the impossibility of man. And so he said, I have taken you out of Egypt. I've shown myself in your salvation in the greatness of my mighty arm, my mighty right hand. I have set the captives free. And now I'm about to take you into the promised land. You cannot look at the enemy. You cannot look at the stock market or when, when all of the economies in the earth falter you cannot look at that but you have to look at me and say God has already done this in the past and he's going to do it again through me amen you see this year is um the year of Smita and I say that and I always laugh because I always think of that hairless monkey character on um on um Lord of the Rings right and I'm like Smeagol <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. All right, so I'm, I'm going to try not to hurt myself, but this is the year, this is the year of Smita. So you've got a day, right? It's coming. And um, it, it, it's the uh, Jewish New Year. And so it's the year of Smita. And um, there's a lot of really bad things associated with that. <laughs> Don't you know? Oh, glory. That word Smita actually means to release. Isn't that interesting? What do you think God's doing? I think he's about to shake everything that can be shaken, including my physical body right now. 
Uh, because he's, he's setting the captives free, and he's saying, listen, this, this nonsense is going to stop. I'm going to have a people. I'm going to have a people who are completely and fully inhabited with my presence. And they're going to be victorious, and, and they're going to call the Jews to be jealous because of how they live, because of the power that they walk in, because of the words. Or the, the, they don't fall to the ground. There are no false prophecies. There are no missets. And then we go into the year of Jubilee. Got a couple of things going on here. It's kind of weird. And Jubilee means to proclaim liberty. So could it be that God is shaking everything that can be shaken to get his people from the hands of of Pharaoh and the grips of our natural minds and our natural states because what he wants to do is proclaim liberty in our lives and that we are about to receive seven years of abundance and rest. And that same day is the last of the four blood moons. I don't know about you, but something's going on. And I want to be like Caleb and Joshua who said we can do all things according to the word of God. And what they spoke and what they believed, they actually fulfilled. I don't want the kids, I don't want the children to get all the glory. I don't want them to get, have all the fun. You know, he was like, all right, the rest of you old people are going to die in the wilderness. I'm going to use your kids. I mean, I love my children, but it, I see, you know, I see the glory on certain people, and I go, okay, that's great for them. God, here's my address, okay? I want it. I want all that you have in this hour. I don't want anything to pass me by. And I think we've got to get tenacious about this, believers, and say, whatever the cost, whatever it looks like, because it's going to look weird, and you will lose your reputation. Sorry. All right? So let's stand. Can we put on some worship music? So this operating system that I spoke of, If you really feel like you've been living a double-minded life, I want you to come up. Prayer team, come on up. I want you to come up, and and I want to really break that off of you. And I want to release this heavenly mindset because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And God's not going to let it happen. He's not going to let you. He's not going to prosper you, and he won't let this happen anymore. He will not let you keep a foot in both camps. But he's really forcing us over into the 100 percentile range. You can't have 99.9% in the kingdom and keep that 0.01% because you are going to be miserable. And God has greatness for you. The promises over your life, like we were singing this morning, he is faithful. But he is saying, come to me, draw near to me, draw near to me, because you, my people, I'm calling you into a Goshen drawing, dwelling in, that there is a great habitation coming and a great visitation, and it's a visitation that will never end. Let me tell you, it is coming like a flood, and it's going to hit us at the knees, and then it's going to go out like the tide goes out, but it's not going, even though it ebbs, it's not going to cease, and then it's going to come again, and it's going to hit, and it's 
it's going to be deeper. And then it's going to go out again, and it's going to give us a little breathing room to kind of get it together. And then it's going to come in again, and it will overtake the church. And the church will never be the same again. So, Father, I just thank you, God. We just thank you, Father, for resetting our clocks this morning, God. Would you help us, Father, this morning, God? Would you help us to live wholeheartedly in our minds, in our souls, Father, in our bodies, God, that we are fully surrendered to you, Father? And I thank you, God, that you're putting us in your timing and that the time is now for the church to arise in Dallas and to be a great and shining lamp for the rest of the nation and the earth to see, Father. We just bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.